Hello and welcome back to Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Patillo. Wild week in the NFL again. Things are happening. You guys all saw the Monday night game last night. That was insane. Uh, it was fun to watch. I mean, high scoring for sure. Not really much defense going on. But, hey, I mean, it was a pretty epic game. And, uh, man, leading into this week, is uh, just a, a lot to talk about. A lot of things going on. Always surprises. And just a lot to talk about. So we're just going to get right to it. I'm so glad you're joining me on this Tuesday. And we got to start this episode out with, a, I got to, I got to, address something really quick and I got to call someone out. So let's get right to it. So sometimes and this segment might be a little petty. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because it's my show and I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, you know, sometimes, well, a lot of times things are said maybe in the off season or predictions are made, or the media says something, or players, coaches, and it kind of gets forgotten. And you know, the year is long, the season's long, a lot happens, and things kind of get forgotten and and not brought up again. So, a lot of times, people say things, and then they kind of get away with it. And I like to be held accountable. You know, I like if people listening, they go back listen to my show and say, Max, you know, you're wrong on this, like. That's great. I, I like to hear that and I like to know. And a lot of times there's things said and we have to wait to see what actually happens. And it's a delayed gratification, right? We talk about that a lot. I have to wait so long to find out if I was right about the Niners being good for just one year or being wrong about paying Carson Wentz. Like I had to wait a long time to be right about those things. Or wrong about certain things. I could be wrong, you know. Uh, I'm amazed how the Rams have bounced back. And, I mean, I, I'm i amazed that, you know, the Patriots are kind of up and down. And just things I've been wrong about. But I try to hold myself accountable. But in the offseason, when Jamal Adams was traded to the Seahawks from the Jets, there was a lot of talk. And Greg Williams, he was the defensive coordinator, former now defensive coordinator of the Jets. And I guess he didn't like Jamal Adams too much. He called him out for one to be traded. A lot of their coaching staff did. A lot of their players did. Le'Veon Bell, who's also a former Jet. um, They all had a lot to say in the offseason, even as going as far as the audacity to call out Pete Carroll that Jamal Adams wouldn't be used effectively in Pete Carroll's defense. This is Greg Williams, the head of the bounty gate scandal uh, back with the saints. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy who, who shouldn't be saying anything. I mean, I don't even know who ever interviews the guy, but he's going on and on about how Jamal is going to be bored in Pete Carroll's defense. And so the first thing is Jamal's not bored. Jamal has, he's missed four games. He still broke the sack record for a safety. So I don't think he's bored. He, he said it himself. He's not bored. 
And, you know, Pete kind of had a back and forth with Greg Williams on that, you know, saying that, well, in Greg Williams defense, you make a lot more mistakes. I mean, the guy, the guy goes and they're playing the Raiders the week before they played the Seahawks. I don't know if you guys saw this because who watches Raiders Jets, right? But for the people who did, you would see that the Jets were on the verge of their first win of the season. Yes, they have not won a game. It's wild. But they were about to win. Greg Williams calls a cover zero blitz from the 50. All the Raiders needed was a touchdown. Derek Carr threw a Hail Mary, and they won. It was a dumb, just ridiculous call. And he gets fired. The week before, he got to play Jamal Williams in the Seahawks. He goes and gets fired. And no one really talks about it, and rightfully so. It's re- it's not really relevant. Greg Williams is irrelevant. Le'Veon Bell got traded. It's a disaster. We said Le'Veon Bell would be a disaster. He's not even contributing to the Chiefs. He got lucky to go there. He might get a ring this year. He doesn't. He didn't earn it at all. And he was calling out Jamal Williams, but none of them were there when the time was to find out who was right and play each other, right? Jamal's having a fantastic season. Seahawks are going to make the playoffs, and the Jets haven't won a game. And not only that, but the guy who was talking all that trash got fired. And it's like, okay, I guess we know who was right. And I was sitting back that whole game watching Jamal have have a great game, watching the Seahawks win 40-3, to a pathetic Jets team. And it's like pretty gratifying, right? Delayed gratification. I had to wait a while to see what happened, and I did. And I had to talk about it on my show first thing because we can't just let these things get forgotten. Now, a lot of people might call that petty, but I think that's what makes sports fun is that we have to remember the things that are said, the things that are promised, the trash that's talked, and you open up. We had a whole episode about the gates of ridicule, right? I talk about a guy who shouldn't be talking at all is Greg Williams. No right. no He doesn't have respect around the league. He really doesn't. And in for anyone and he shouldn't you know he, he was paying players to go hurt guys to try to win and he still couldn't win so i just had to remember that and make sure all my listeners remember that and we can move on now to the next thing and uh just people need to know when they open their mouths that it's going to be held accountable later on we might bring it back up And that might make you think twice about spitting uh, filth out of your mouth, you know? So it's just a good thing to remember for everybody that not everyone just forgets and and lets things pass. Some people are kind of petty and they might bring it back up. And man, it's got to hurt. You think Greg Williams will ever get hired again? (laughs) Probably not. I mean, why? And uh, Adam Gase is probably going to get fired. And the Jets are going to move in a completely different direction. So, hey, great job. Great job, Jets. And uh, we'll see you next time when you're a completely different team.
So one of the things I've been thinking about within this last week, kind of, you know, of course, my Seahawks had a bad loss last week to the Giants, 17 to 12 game. They definitely should have won. You know, the Giants go out and lose to a team the Seahawks beat and the Cardinals, and it, it wasn't even really a close game. And there's just so many inconsistencies in the NFL. I mean, you could go on and on and on. You, you see the, the Patriots beat the Chargers 45-0, not even a competitive game. And then the Patriots go and play the Rams, and they lose 24-3. And, I mean, you see Tampa, uh, Green Bay looks really good right now. They barely beat the Detroit Lions, but... You know, we've seen Green Bay get dominated by a Bucks team who's not even that good. And things kind of go back and forth in this league. And it's just hard to predict. And I thought about the reasons for that. I mean, I mean, even the Steelers, they start off 11 and 0. Everyone thinks they're the best team in the league. They lose to Washington and they lose to the Bills and they're 11 and 2 and they're not even uh, the one seed anymore. And they don't even look that good, really. I mean, you see the Saints lose to a backup quarterback on a bad team. And it's just, it's it's shocking, you know. But you have to remember that at least 50% of this league has got to be drawn up to luck. The way games go, you know, the, the Seahawks against that Giants team, they couldn't recover a they couldn't grab a ball that was right in front of them in the end zone when they blocked a punt and and you know they catch a couple more balls and you know these games they can momentum plays a huge part uh human nature plays a huge part you know you catch a ball here and there even the jets i mean this last week 40 to 3 but the Jets missed like four field goals. They make those, the game changes a little bit, and who knows how momentum goes. And it's just fascinating, but it's also can be kind of frustrating when you're trying to analyze, trying to put your finger on who's really good, who's not. And But the fact of the matter is, with a lot of luck involved, you know, it's just about making the playoffs really having your team have a shot and different times of the year, different teams either get better or worse. You can see the Steelers are regressing or they're just playing better teams a little bit, better matchups, different matchups. You know, the, the Browns thought they were on top of the world and then Lamar Jackson scores 47 points on them. You know, it's, and you know, they lose in a heartbreaking way and we'll see how they respond. I think they play on Sunday night. Uh, against an interesting Giants team. So it's just, as a fan, you got to remember that not a, not the best teams don't always win the Super Bowl. And in fact, most of the time, you could go back and look at each season and know that the best team actually didn't win the Super Bowl. And so it's just a matter of getting to the playoffs you know, I, I would say last year's Chiefs team was probably the best team in the NFL, and they rightfully took care of business, won the Super Bowl. You know, the Niners were there too. They, they were one of the better teams for sure. 
But I think the better team won, and the champions were the best team, I would say, in the league. I would say most of the Patriots' six Super Bowls, I don't think they were the best team in the NFL. And what's odd is the two years the, the Patriots actually were the best team in the league, the one year they went undefeated, they lost to a Giants team that was like 9-7, and seven, and they weren't that great. It was just a bad matchup in the Super Bowl, and they beat the Patriots in two Super Bowls. I don't think in either one of those Giants years that they were the best team in the league. The Ravens were nine and seven. Uh, and, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 2012. I don't think they were the best team in the league. They just got a little hot. Drew Flacco was their quarterback. You know, it's, you, you look at like, I think the Packers in 2011 when they won it, they were probably the best team in the league, I would say. The Seahawks definitely were the best team in both their Super Bowls. They beat a Patriots team. They lost to a Patriots team that following year. They were actually the better team. No question. And, you know, these games aren't played in series. You know, the, the Eagles with Nick Foles, they weren't the best team in the league. They won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you could go, the list is long, you know. Um, so just because you won the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean you're the best team in the league. We've talked about that plenty of times. So as a fan, you can kind of lean on that. And, I mean, a lot of luck is involved. and Staying healthy is a huge part of luck. Uh, if you have your players, your great players, you're probably going to win. And teams that get hurt, I mean, the Rams are playing great football right now. I don't think they have the best players necessarily, but the players they do have, they hardly have any injuries. And that's a huge factor of why they are in first place right now for now. Um and that could change in the blink of an eye. You know, anyone could get hurt on their team or anyone can get hurt around the league and it changes the complexion of whole seasons. And that's that's pretty much luck, you know. So, yes, you can. It's it's like being a great investor, stock picker, you know, someone who invested in Tesla early on. I mean, they got lucky, you know. And yes, there is some skill involved in putting yourself in a position to be lucky, but you can't just say a hundred percent that you are just a genius. You got to admit that there's a lot of luck involved and there's a book it's called fooled by randomness. And that's, that's what the whole book's about. It's just, you can't even in any successful venture in anyone's life, a lot of luck is involved. You know, even the most successful people, richest people, whatever, uh, a lot of luck is involved and but they put but they put the hard work in most of the time they put themselves in a position to be lucky and in football it's it's the same thing these teams uh over the course of a whole season and then over the course of a decade you can see the teams that put themselves in position to get lucky most of the time because they're doing the things they can control well and then there's a lot of teams that ha have huge peaks and valleys. You know, the Niners are a team that has big peaks and low valleys because they're inconsistent on a lot of levels of their uh, the way they run their program. The Rams have been kind of like that recently. Big booms or busts. Um, and then there's a lot of teams that just have never been successful. There's a team like the Browns who's being successful for the first time ever in, in uh, you know, 50 years. And so – they're trying to handle that with human nature. 
and there's teams that are on the rise. And just over the course of time, so, you know, we don't get to have 10 game series or, or seven game series like in basketball. Where in basketball, you don't really have you have the best team winning every year because they won, you know, four seven game series to win the title. You know, if the Seahawks played the Giants 10 times, I'll bet they win eight games, eight out of 10. And, you know, just that one day, like they say, any given Sunday, anything can happen. And sometimes crazy things do happen. Um, You know, Patrick Mahomes goes against Miami and he throws three picks. He doesn't play very well. And they almost lose to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have been, you know, playing great against uh, a lot of teams. And, you know, Russell Wilson, he threw like five touchdown passes against Miami. So, you know, it's just you never know kind of what you're going to get week to week. But over the course of a whole season, it usually evens out. And as a fan, you just hope your team can make the playoffs and then you've got a shot. And then really anything can happen there. You could be like the 2012 Ravens. You could be like the Eagles in uh, what was it, 2017 could be like those crazy giants teams with Eli who just won Super Bowls. It's, you know, it's unbelievable looking back that that happened and they definitely weren't the best teams in the NFL, but on those given days, they did enough to win and your team could, could do it too. My Seahawks, I think matched up and they could beat anyone and they can also lose to anyone. You know, there's not a, a Seahawks fan in this town that thought we were just going to beat the Jets. It was 50-50 to me, in my mind. We had no idea what to expect. And that's that's how you pretty much should look at it for every team, you know? So it's just a little perspective thing. Not always the best team wins the Super Bowl. In fact, most times they don't. And it's just about who gets hot at the right time and who stays healthy at the right time. And, you know, the matchups that are are in favor of them or not. So I thought it was fascinating. The Jalen hurts game. That was just the total shocker. Right. And it's like, I mean, delayed gratification big time for us at this show too. We said not to pay Carson Wentz. And I mean, man, did the door ever get shut on that? And, you know, you can't overreact to just one game, but the fact that, it was Jalen Hurts' first start. He's a rookie. And you have a quarterback making $35 million, just a massive contract. And he gets benched, which is just unprecedented. And the guy, he's a second-round pick, Jalen Hurts. He comes out and beats not just anybody, but the number one seed Saints, who have... Not just anything, but they have the number one defense. And he goes out there and beats them. And Wentz probably would have lost by 50 points. And so the Eagles are just in a state of, it's got to be a state of shock. Because this is proof, just solid proof, that they pick the wrong guy. And, you know, I know... It's a crazy notion. It can be. But we said that you should have traded Wentz while you had the chance. 
earlier when he was cheaper and when he was at the peak of his value. And you should have went with the young guy right away. And if you would have done that, and they can still do it because I don't think, I think teams will take a chance on Wentz. I think they can trade him, fortunately. But they have to trade him. And then they, they'll still, they're still going to be on the hook for a lot of money. There's no question they can't get out of that now. But if they would have traded him back then, they probably would have got a first round pick for him. And they still would have had Jalen Hurts, but they would have had been paying Jalen Hurts like a million dollars, one million dollars. And they would have been able to disperse, they would have been able to disperse 34 million. And not only that, but like a hundred million close because of Wentz's, you know, four year plus contract. And they would have had all that money to spend elsewhere on the roster. They would have been able to bolster it so much. And you can see that the quarterback is important, but if he's got great players around him, a guy like Nick Foles, he can win a Super Bowl. You know, even a, a Tom Brady who's old can win a Super Bowl. You know, these guys, if they have great players, Jared Goff, he can make a Super Bowl. Garoppolo can make a Super Bowl. It's You just have to have someone who who's competent. And if you put excellence around them with money, with draft capital, then you've got the recipe for success. The Eagles could have been the deepest team in the league. They could have had studs all over, first-round picks on defense. They could have bolstered and given death to their offensive line with the money they had to spend. And it is a, it's a big what if, but now you know Hertz can win. He beat the number one defense. Now, yes, the league is going to get film on him. They're going to adapt to him. And the Eagles still have deficiencies on their team, but you know, the guy can do it. And so now it's a matter of your future moving off once, hopefully getting good draft picks for him. You're going to have to still pay a lot, but you'll get rid of that. You'll save some money and you can start building around this new guy, this rookie on a rookie contract. And that's our whole philosophy. Even I'm starting to even question whether the Seahawks should have paid Russell Wilson. The only guy worth the money right now to me is probably Mahomes. And so if those guys, if even the greatest, like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, even if those guys, you can make the case that you can move off of them and pay a younger guy and have a great roster around them. It's just much more. It it shows that it is a cons- more of a consistent winner over time. And yes, you're always going to be viable if you have an excellent quarterback. But once you start paying him that kind of money, he's really, if Russell Wilson doesn't play like an MVP, the Seahawks are probably going to lose. And that's just because they don't have enough depth around him. And especially on the offensive line. And in their their pass rush was a weakness, but the, John Schneider's a good enough GM to, to make it a strength now. They still need help on coverage. And it's just the, the puzzle gets a little easier when you have that kind of flexibility. And, you know, you're seeing it uh, like Lamar Jackson, he's running around out there. Uh, Kyler Murray's running around out there. Um, and so these guys on rookie deals, their teams can keep getting better and better. 
with the money they save. So it's pretty interesting. It's uh, a unique view, but if I was a GM, it might be something I would pursue. Getting a young guy, he's got to be mobile, and then just have all the freedom to build around them so much. I mean, look at the Bills. The Bills, one of the best teams in the league right now. Josh Allen's on a rookie deal, you know, and they, they've got players around him. They've got an offensive line. They were able to get Stephon Diggs and and they're off and running, you know, so we'll see how that turns out. But it's uh, it's fun to see, you know, you got um, that game last night with Baltimore and the Browns, the Browns. They, I mean, they, they they really stepped up to the challenge because. The Ravens earlier in the year beat them like I think 35 to 6 or something. They dominated them. It was no competition and everyone proves pretty much saying same old Browns, you know. But the Browns came out and they answered the Ravens uh time and time again last night, but the Ravens had the ball last. Mar Jackson came back in the game and he I mean, man, it's amazing. That guy is so fast and quick. He just needs to get 10 yards consistently. It's just so hard to stop a guy that fast from just gaining first down after first down. And the Browns, who have got some good players on defense, they just could not corral Lamar Jackson. Uh, they were lucky to, that um, Lamar had to go back in the locker room with cramps. And they were able to stop him a couple times with the backup in there. And Lamar came back and scored, you know, a touchdown and then the, the game winning field goal by um, Justin Tucker, a 55 yarder for the game winner. That was just a, an amazing game. And uh, normally I don't prefer the high scoring games like that, but that one was unique. And it was, they said it was a nine rushing touchdowns. It was like the most rushing touchdowns uh, since like the 1920s. And so it was, it was kind of a high-scoring, like, gridiron-type game, which was pretty fun to watch. Um, Washington, Washington football team, man, they, they're rolling right now. They're playing great defense. They've got a great pass rush. Chase Young is excellent. They beat San Francisco, and they scored 23 points without scoring an offensive touchdown. So take – Take for that what you will. They play the Seahawks next. It's going to be a big test for the Seahawks to see how they can score against that good Washington front. And I think the Seahawks have turned things around a little bit, and I think they can they can stop Washington and slow down their momentum a little bit. Washington hasn't faced anything like Russell Wilson. So... They're, the Seahawks are going to come. They're going to respond. And that pass rush has to be negated by a good running attack. Seahawks with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, and a lot of good play calling can neutralize that pass rush and attack downfield. And then defensively, the Seahawks can get after. It looks like Alex Smith might be out for the game. So we'll see that matchup. Washington still is not great on offense. They've been scoring on defense, which is impressive. But it might be a grinding game. Could go either way. But I still, I'm pretty confident in my Seahawks. I think they're going to 
think they're going to try to still go for that division, beat Washington, beat the Rams, and and uh, beat the Niners. So we'll see how that all goes. And thank you so much for joining me again on a Tuesday. I appreciate you guys so much, and I hope you guys are doing well. And we will talk next week. Enjoy, everybody. Thank you.